home for Christmas, the theme for our evening together, brought up by these students to remind us that home can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people, especially if they've just gone through a season of loss or they're longing for restoration of some kind, or maybe they're just feeling, maybe you're just feeling especially far away. Tonight, we want to talk about how God delights to restore and to save, to bring his children home. And we're going to see that from a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 15. Jesus said that there was a man who had two sons, a man, a, a father, who's the main character of this story, even though this father doesn't get the majority of the script. His father had two sons. We're going to see that they were perhaps particularly far away from home themselves. Home can be uh, an elusive and powerful idea, can't it? I mean, it can evoke that sense of joy or or fulfillment or identity or belonging or, or community or safety or wholeness. Is that something you've ever experienced, that feeling? Or, or maybe it's the sense that you haven't experienced that yet. Can't it be hard to feel like we've arrived at home finally? Sometimes it feels like we're, we're just kind of always journeying and never quite arriving there yet. Like maybe we've even achieved something. Maybe this year was a, a good year for you. But now as you settle into a, a week away from that job or away from those experiences you're realizing that they're a lot more empty than you had hoped. Or maybe in your lifetime you've experienced some things that felt like home, and it was love, and it was genuine, and it was real, but then you discover that that was vulnerable, that that could be taken away or or lost. So now you find yourself feeling far from home. Are you feeling far from home this Christmas season? Well, the two young men in our parable today each tried very different approaches to find that satisfaction. And for both of them, their attempts were failures. You may know the story well. It goes like this. Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that's coming to me. And he divided the property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. He began to be in need. And he went and he hired himself out To one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish with hunger. 
I will arise and go to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. This is the outcome for the first son in our story. He tried a lot of things. He tried money. He tried freedom. He find, tried fun and exuberance and abundance. Finally, he was able to get away from his overbearing, old-fashioned dad. Finally, he was able to get away from his, well, I'll let you fill in the word for his older brother. But of course, life happens. The good times are surprised by hard times, and he finds himself at the very bottom of anything he's ever known. And there, staring at the muck in the pig's pen, he sees perhaps the clearest reflection of himself that he's ever seen to this point in his life. All he feels, after all of his attempts, is unsatisfaction. And even worse now, he feels shame and emptiness. He feels so far from home. But he's not the only one feeling that way. His older brother's feeling far from home too, even though he still lives at home's address. We need to catch up in the story to understand where the younger brother is when we meet him. He, he's reacting to horrible news he just received. First, he had heard that his rebellious younger brother is back. Bad news. But it got worse. It turns out that a party was being thrown for him upon his return. But then the worst news of all to this older brother was this. It was all his dad's idea. And so in verse 28, we encounter the older son. He was angry. He refused to go in to this party, this celebration. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet, you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Like, you never even bought me a pizza, much less this five-course thing you've pulled out for him. When this son of yours came, who devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Maybe you felt this son's pain. We can tell the way he's feeling, it, but his heart is betrayed by his words. He said, I didn't work for our family, Dad. I was a slave here. But I kept doing what was right. I kept doing what was expected. I muscled through. I always fulfilled my responsibility. I always sacrificed what I wanted to do, what I knew was expected and right. I never got to have fun, though. I never got to have a party with friends. Worse yet, you never noticed I wanted it. You never gave me anything. I don't think you cared. 
And yet that other child of yours, I'm not even going to call him my brother, that rebel brought us shame. He comes home and you throw the best party this family's ever seen before? No. No. I'm not going in there. Not for him. Not with you. He's feeling overlooked, taken for granted. He's feeling bitter and used. He might still live there, but it's not home for him. It's, it's incarceration. It's all just been duty. There's no relationship here. There's no joy, no delight. There's not love here. He's so far from home. Both of these sons are far from home. Are you far from home? Maybe not to the extremes that they were, but you, you can get the feeling. Both of these sons, they were using the father to get what they thought could bring them satisfaction, thought could fill their heart. The, the younger son, he tried to get his father's money, tried to use it in order to get for himself self-satisfaction. The older son, he tried to give his father responsibility and obedience and duty. And he was hoping he would be able to in turn use that as leverage to give himself self-worth. But it didn't work out for either one of them. Not fun, not duty, not hard work. Both of them are far from home. So we'll ask again. How's our lives this Christmas? Are you feeling at home for Christmas? Would you look at your life and sense, yeah, I am vibrant and I am full of joy and peace and confidence about who I am and what I'm meant to do here. Maybe you find yourself far from home and you might be wondering if I could even find my way back there I'm not sure they'd let me in. Would God even let me in? What, what was this father going to do in this story to his sons that were so far from home? Well, in this parable, God is really represented by this father. Jesus uses the father, the main character, to give us a glimpse of what the father, of what his father in heaven, what God is really like. And we can see and in his response to his sons, in response to the younger son, we can see in verse 20 that when the younger son arose and came to his father, he had rehearsed his speech, rehearsed his repentance. He was ready to just kind of give himself to work in the family just to survive. But while he was still a long way off, Jesus said, his father saw him, felt compassion, ran and embraced him and kissed him. The son starts going through the speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And he had more to say, but he gets interrupted. The father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Put shoes on his feet. Swap out these clothes that he's wearing with the best thing we have. And bring the fatted calf. Kill it. Let's eat and celebrate for this, my son, was dead 
but is alive again. He was lost, but he's found. And they, son included, begin to celebrate. The father throws aside the cost that his son had forced him to pay already. Throws aside custom and everything the culture would have expected of him. Dignity. He's delighted to welcome the child that he loves. He pulls out all the stops to celebrate the fact that he's been found. The son, he sees his sin. He's committed to working hard in order to achieve just a kind of standard of living in this household. Doesn't want to sees himself as unworthy of anything anymore. But the father interrupts him. Father stops him. Before he has a chance to show what he's planning to do, show off his plan to pay everything back, he gives it. Gives him new clothes already. He elevates him to the best spot in in the house. Elevates him back into full standing as an honored son. Because you can't earn this father's love. It can only be received. Similarly, the father responds to the older son. When he refuses to go into the celebration. In verse 31 it says, The father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this, your brother was dead, and he is alive. He was lost, and he's found. He tries to assure his son, son, you haven't needed to ask for anything while you're living here. All that's mine is yours. Everything in this household, all of its wealth, all of its resources, they're yours already. Go ahead and live in them. Live like that. But more importantly than resources is that I want to have a relationship with you, son. I've always been with you. Son, you have me. I don't want your work and your effort and your duty. I want so much more than that. I want your heart I want your affection. I want your delight. I want to know you. I want you to enjoy us. I want you, son. The extravagant father welcomes all of his children home. That's the glimpse we see to God in this story. And the younger son, he returned, didn't he? Jesus is a good storyteller, though. We never find out what choice the older brother makes. Which I think maybe is the kind of applicational point here. Because perhaps the question for us tonight is, what choice are you going to make? Will you come home? Christmas time? This is all just an invitation for us to stop focusing on what we're pursuing. Stop focusing on all the longings that haven't found their meaning yet in our lives. And instead realize that Jesus came to earth inviting us to come home. Jesus came to earth inviting us to come home. Him. See, we were made to be with God. 
We were made to enjoy him forever. That was home for us. That's what we were created to know. That is home, heaven, with God, in relationship, delighting in who he is. But we've been so far from home our entire lives. Because sin has separated us from God and it's driven us from home in innumerable ways. And then it's kept us ashamed or afraid to come back and many more. But Jesus came to earth. He was conceived and then born and then grew and then lived and then died and then rose in our place for our sin. In order to show us that God was willing to bear the cost, to bring us back to him, to welcome us home. More than that, he was delighted to find us, delighted to celebrate us being back with him. So, we come home. We repent and we believe in Jesus. Like the sons in this story, we'll never find home till we're found in him. So I want to ask you, would you see that you're far from home, far from father tonight? I invite you to repent and believe in him and come home to the father. Or maybe, as you see yourself, you'd see that you're not delighting in this father that you have a relationship with. That's not what defines your relationship. That's not what defines your heart for him. If that's you, I invite you to confess that. To see the father's love for you and come home to him. Or maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, man, no, I know him. He is my God and Savior. I'm inside that party already. And I would say to you, wonder and worship. See him for who he is. He's your father and your home already. I'm inviting us this Christmas season to come home. But really more than that. I'm inviting us this Christmas season to see that the Father has already left his home to come to us. That's what Christmas shows us. He left perfection to come be sin. He left life to die our death. He left heaven to come to earth. He left glory to come in humility. Father has come to us so that we could come home. He's searching. He's seeing us. He's running to us. He's calling out. He's embracing us. He's clothing us with new clothes. He's providing for us all that we need. He's giving us love unearned unachieved and that father he is celebrating he is delighted to be with his child to be with you if 
you come home, if you come home, because the Father delights to save and to rescue his children. That's his heart. So, let's see and worship that Father who came to earth this Christmas. Would you come home? Let's pray.